Last Sunday, we, um, we spent some time in, in my message talking about spiritual warfare. And, and, and in the paragraph from 2 Corinthians 10, where we were, spiritual warfare in that paragraph uh, is, is very offensive in character. We're tearing things down. What about when spiritual warfare is defense? What are we defending and how should we defend it? I think there's a strategic passage you might not have looked at before. I can't wait to show it to you on Beyond the Notes. Some of you among our, our audience may be familiar with a, with a, a set of verses I'm about to share. And, and if you are, that's good because it means that you've, you've been paying attention. But for some of you, it might be new because you're kind of new to, to the Bible teaching ministry of McGregor Baptist or um, new to these podcast channels. And so I want to talk a bit about defensive spiritual warfare. Uh, we talked about using the sword of the Spirit to tear down strongholds, using, using the truth of God's word to oppose bad ideas that are often of even a, a supernaturally evil origin, those bad ideas which would assault scripture or counter scripture. Um, we are to come at those ideas in an offensive spiritual warfare. But sometimes we are being attacked ourselves by Satan and there and or his minions and there are things that he's he's after. Now, right up front, I wanna I wanna set aside um, a, a category of spiritual warfare that I, I think exists way less than we think it does, and that is when my when my circumstances around me or when an event that involves me, when something happens that doesn't go the way I want it to. Odds are that is not a spiritual attack. Satan did not flatten your car tire. A flat tire is not a spiritual attack. Now, your response to that flat tire may well be a realm where spiritual warfare is going to happen. I got a really bad cold last week. Satan is just attacking me. Satan is not the Lord of when you get a cold. Uh, but again, your response to, your heart response to your cold, your heart response to those shifting external circumstances is more likely to be a spiritual attack than something in your external circumstances. But what, is, what, what are the objects of Satan's most common attacks? Well, I think we get a really strong indication based on a look forward into a victory celebration. I mean, if, if, if I could go into the locker room of, of a, a winning football team and somehow at the start of the game, if I could somehow get a peek into what the locker room is going to look like after we won and hear the conversation of how we won, what did we do to beat our opponent? And then I could take those strategies back and put those strategies in the game. That'd be a great thing, right? Because I, I know the game was won, and I even know how. Well, in Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 through 12, 
Listen to what the word of God says. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, by the way, this is at the defeat, the celebration of the defeat of Satan and his being cast from heaven. Uh, And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. It's the end of that. And they have conquered him. There it is. We're about to hear how the saints at the end will be said to have conquered the devil. They have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. All right. The blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives even to the death. I don't want to make too much of that set of three things, but I do believe there's something there that we really ought not miss. If you'll allow me to put it in athletic terms, I think when, uh, when, when Satan is making warfare on the earth against people, he's got a, a, a first prize, second prize, and third prize that he's after. To put it in Olympic terms, <laughs> a gold medal, a silver medal, and a bronze medal. Let me tell you what Satan wants most for every image-bearing, created human being. He wants them to go to hell forever. If, if Satan were to have his way, and by the way, all mankind has to do is nothing. So all Satan has to do is lull mankind into a sense that nothing spiritual needs addressing. And again, he's not trying to promote his brand. So he will do this by any deceptive, quiet means that he can to keep mankind believing. Jesus said the God of this world has blinded their eyes. How do we overcome that? How do we overcome Satan's quest for our eternity? Well, the blood of the Lamb. They have overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. See, when someone is lost and they come in repentance by faith in response to the grace of God and they, they repent of their sin and trust Jesus Christ by faith, the blood of the Lamb becomes the once-for-all payment becomes applied as the once for all payment for their sin. And uh, <laughs> you, might, you might be a, a weak theologian who does not believe in eternal security, and strong theologians do. Satan's a very good theologian. He's, he's been around a long time, and Satan knows he's never gotten a child of God back. Not once. No born-again person has ever been lost. Jesus said, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Uh, so Satan loses the gold when the blood of the lamb comes into play. He's after your eternity, but he can lose that once for all when the blood of the lamb comes into play. Second, they overcame him by the word of their testimony. Second thing Satan's after, and this is now the fight that a Christian can be in. A Christian's eternity is no longer in play. But the second thing Satan wants, the silver medal, is your effectiveness. If Satan can't have you as a prize in hell. He wants it to not matter that you ever walked the earth. He wants to diminish your impact as a witness to zero. He wants to diminish your impact as an ambassador to zero. Um, again, too many believers make that easy. 
A believer who won't open their mouth for the sake of the gospel has already given Satan the thing that he is most after in the life of the believer. Knowing he can't get their soul in hell forever, the thing he's most after in the life of the believer is to nullify your effectiveness. If he can't get eternity, he's after effectiveness. How do we overcome him there? We overcome him by the word of our testimony. You know, one of the, one of the few areas of regret in my life, and God has been very kind to me for a lot of years. And as I look back over the years of my life, I don't have a whole lot of regrets. God saved me when I was a, a boy. And so I've, I've known him for more than 50 years. Uh, and I don't have, do I have some things I've screwed up? Absolutely. But things that I have that I still carry as regrets. The biggest one is this. There are people in my personal history who don't know Jesus. And if they're ever going to come to faith in Christ, they're going to have to hear the gospel from somebody besides me. Because I have shown them that they, they got nothing profitable that's going to happen when they listen to me. They have written me off. Uh, and want nothing further to do with anything I've got to say. And uh, that's not to say that there's great, big, unresolved relationship issues back there, but my witness with them, the credibility of my witness is shot. And I lament that, I truly do, because that is a spiritual warfare loss. But I tell you this, going forward, and from a time in my past going forward, I guard that testimony a bit more carefully. And... Uh, I know that, that when we have overcome his desire for our eternity by the blood of the Lamb, we overcome his desire to wreck our effectiveness by maintaining the word of our testimony. Now, we guard that in how we live, and we express that in how we speak. Uh, when you are in a situation to share your Jesus story of what Jesus Christ has done for you by his grace in spite of your sin. When you've got that opportunity, you are engaging in spiritual warfare. Offensively, you're seeking to tear down strongholds. Defensively, you're seeking to overcome Satan by the word of your testimony. He wants you to not matter. And if you can if he can get you there by simply convincing you that it doesn't matter whether you speak up or not, he wins. If he can, if he can wreck aspects of your testimony so that, that you've got no credibility to speak to anybody, well, he wins again. And those are spiritual warfare issues. It's the silver medal that he's after. So they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. What's the bronze medal? What's the bronze medal? Uh, I bet if you're, uh, around church as much as I am, you know some folks that, that love Jesus without a question. They are born again people. Their testimony of salvation is clear. Second, they are passionately desirous to be effective. They are effective in their witness. They're effective in their service. They are, they are striving to please Jesus, but they're miserable. Um, I'm just going to serve Jesus and one day I'll rest when I get home to heaven sort of mentality. Uh, and they're, uh, they're a bit joyless, at least in terms of what they express. They're, um, they're just not having a good time. 
And I believe that if Satan can't get your eternity and he can't get your effectiveness, he goes after your emotional state. I think his bronze medal are people who are born again and know it, serving Jesus and testifying effectively and know it, but just having a horrible time. How do we defend against that, that spiritual attack on our emotional state? For they loved not their own lives, even to the death. If I, if I may paraphrase that, correctly aligned love. If I'm born again and know it and, and set on serving Jesus effectively with my testimony, then if I will just ask God the Holy Spirit to help me love what Jesus loves and not so much love what doesn't matter as much, but cling to the things that Jesus loves, then my emotional state will be more um, effectively defended. Because, see, he's after your eternity, and if he can't get it, he's after your effectiveness. And if he can't get it, he's after your emotional state. But one day, we will, we will join the chorus that says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and that they loved not their own lives even to the death. So that's a peek at the defensive side of spiritual warfare. Hey, I hope by now that you've, you've subscribed to this and other programs on the McGregor Podcast channel. I hope that you're sharing with your friends and encouraging others to, to join us from time to time. And I will look forward to the next time we're together here on Beyond the Notes.